0: So um, our text today comes from the prophet Ezekiel. It's the 37th chapter. We're going to read verses 1 through 10. And I know the words are going to be up on the screen, but uh, I invite you to close your eyes and think about what you, as I read it, think about what you might hear, what you might see, what you might feel, what you might smell uh, as Ezekiel describes what he has seen. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. So I prophesied as I had been commanded. And as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews and on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophecy to the breath. Prophecy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as He commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. I love this passage from Ezekiel probably the one that everybody knows from Ezekiel. And it's the passage of dry bones. So in this situation, let me just remind you where the people, the Jewish people were at, at this point in time. So in about 796 B.C., Israel divided, the Jewish people divided into two kingdoms, Israel in the north and Judah in the south. And in about 722, the Assyrians conquered the nation of Israel and dispersed them all over the Middle East. So at this point in time, Judah was the only remaining Jewish nation. They, the Judahites, had a series of lousy kings. The exception to this is King Josiah. King Josiah tried to call them back to their roots, back to their God. But but the other kings um, were worshiping other gods as well. They even sacrificed to other gods in the Jerusalem temple. A number of prophets came along to say, hey, Judah, you need to return to your God. Some of these prophets were the first part of Isaiah. Jeremiah and Ezekiel all were calling the people of Judah to return to their God. And then the Babylonians came. And it's what we call the Babylonian exile. They conquered Judah, and they took the best and the brightest of Judah and took them back to Babylon. Ezekiel was in this group. And the Babylonian exile, what we call it, it was believed by the Jewish people to be the punishment wrought upon them for their failure to return to God. And just say a little word about prophesy, prophesying, especially in in the biblical understanding of it. We talk today, we think, oh, a prophecy is is a telling of something that will happen in the future. But really the biblical understanding of prophecy is somebody is typically calling the people to return to God. Hey, you're going the wrong way. And if you keep going the wrong way, then bad things are going to happen. And so prophesying back then was almost a form of preaching. So Ezekiel was there when Judah was conquered and he was taken away. The Jewish people really thought this was it for them as a people. They thought that there was just no way out, no way forward. Things were about as dark and as bad as they could get. They really saw no hope. And then Ezekiel gets this demonstration by God that God can do the impossible. So we read in this text that the bones were very dry. That just means they were really dead. They weren't freshly dead. They were really dead. Now, I I don't know about you, but when I think about this scene, I think it's from some Disney like cartoon I saw where these bones are like cattle bones, but these are people bones. This is like from, from a giant battle. And these bones are very dry. They're very dead. So God asks him, I love this, mortal. Mortal, can these bones live? Ezekiel, he's a sly man. He's been talking with God for a long time. Did you notice his answer? It's not, yes, Lord, or it's not, I don't know, Lord. It's, you know, Lord. What a sly answer. You know, Lord. You know what you can do. And then God gives him instructions to preach to these dry bones. Now, I'm a preacher. And the idea of preaching to a bunch of old dry bones is not exciting. I mean, I like preaching to a full house of lively people, right? But Ezekiel immediately complies. This is a lesson for us people. He is obedient to what God asks him to do. He doesn't whine. He doesn't go, but they're dead bones. He immediately complies with what God asks him to do. And then there's this scene that is In my head, these bones coming together and all this rattling. And suddenly you have like a person, but there's no breath in them. They're sort of like a zombie. I've been in some zombie churches. I've tried to preach to some zombie people. Thank you for laughing. The further first group didn't laugh at all. <laughs> and then And then God says, "Prophesy the breath into them." And as he speaks, this wind comes and blows, and they're no longer zombies, but they are Alive, filled with the breath of God. We read in verse 11 and 12 this. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Ezekiel is given an example of exactly what God is going to do for the people of Israel. He's going to bring them back to life. Ultimately, he's going to return them to their land. This message speaks to us in a couple of ways. The first is it speaks to me as an individual. And it's good news. What it says to me is that no matter how dark it seems... No matter how far away I may feel from God, no matter what I have done to separate myself from God, I am never too far gone. Our God specializes in doing the impossible. I mean, we serve a risen Savior. Jesus was crucified, dead, and buried. And then Easter happened, and the tomb was empty, and the impossible became possible. That's whom you serve, is a God that specializes in doing the impossible. And he loves you, and so you can never be too far gone. Sometimes we think that we have done some things that can't be forgiven. I've actually had people say this to me But, Mike, you don't know what I've done. God can't forgive me. Well, first off, who are you to put limits on God? And second, what makes your sin so special that it can't be forgiven? Our God does the impossible. He can forgive you for whatever you've done. And this message speaks to us corporately, as a church, as a people, and as a denomination. As I was preparing for this sermon, I couldn't help but think about my previous job, trying to work with churches that honestly were dry bones, churches that had given up hope, churches that had forgotten that our God does the impossible. And I found myself in this position of seeing a God that is willing and able and a people who say we are not. I was also reminded of the the church that I served in Texas City. This church burned to the ground prior to my arrival. I had nothing to do with the burst pipes either here, so... They burned to the ground. And the, the church were not dry bones, but they were tired bones. And, and they were sort of just hanging on. And in the space of a year, we rebuilt a building. And within five years, our worship numbers were way up. We had a gigantic, thriving children's program. And God was at work in these people again. And not that He had ever stopped but it had become so hard for them. And God made a way. And I think about this church. We are not dry bones. There there is so much happening here. I mean, we always have a bunch of kids around here, but since we've moved the Weekday Learning Center, those six classes that were over in the Life Center over here, there are children everywhere. And I love it. I mean, I stepped on a Hot Wheel the other day. (laughs) But I walk along and I see children jumping and laughing and giggling and singing. And I know God is at work in this place. God has great things in store for this church. God is calling us to become something else, something bigger to make an impact in this community that is bigger than what we have already done. Because we serve a God that specializes in doing the impossible. With God's help, we can do anything. And that makes me happy to think what God can do in this place. This lesson from Ezekiel is clear. God can do the impossible. What we would never expect God to be able to do, God can do. He can do it in our lives. He can do it in our churches. He can do it even in our country. Ezekiel got a glimpse God's power. Ezekiel got a glimpse of an Easter to come. Can these dry bones live? You bet they can. We serve a God that does the impossible. Let us pray. Gracious God, give us the courage and the wisdom to go out into the world and to be all that you are calling us to be. Help this church dare to be that that you are calling it. Let us make such an imprint in this community that we change it, that it reflects your love and your grace. We know that all things are possible through you. And we pray this in Jesus holy name. Amen.